I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning and give you, I believe, just what is great practical counsel from the Word of God. You know, we live in a time, we live in a day and an age where there are so many voices that have the opportunity to, to speak into our moment, to, to step into our day. Comment that I will regularly make is this, is that a, a wise person speaks because they have something to say, but a, a fool speaks because they have to say something. And, and we seem to be living in a, in a period of time where so many people feel like they have to say something. And yet, it seems they have so little to say. There are those, though, when they speak, you are compelled to listen. There are, there are folks, when I, when I see their name attached to something, that I, I pay very close attention. Oftentimes, it's, it's because of their track record. It's because of their experience. It's because they're proven. And, and in those moments when, when there's counsel that's given, when there's wisdom that's shared, I, I gravitate to it. I'm, I'm often fascinated by those who are close to the end of a journey. The opportunity to, to learn from what they've experienced, to, to glean some sage wisdom from their experience. And that's where we find ourselves in Philippians chapter 3. The, the writer of, of this letter, the Apostle Paul, he is, he is somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 years of age. He's close to the end of his earthly journey. And, and yet, we find in a, in a few verses of, of this letter in, in Philippians chapter 3, we find just powerful wisdom for for the pattern of, of living an all-in life and, and, and the benefit of doing so. And here, here's, what, here's what, what, what Paul says. He says this in, in Philippians chapter 3. He says, not that I have already obtained all of this, not that I have already obtained everything that I hope to attain or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has already taken hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Then he says this in verse 15, which it resonates. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, God will make that clear to you as well. God, we thank you for your word. We pray today that you would make it a lamp to our feet, a light into our path. God, help us to hide your word in our hearts that we might not sin against you. God, we, we commit these moments to you. Have your will and have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we, we all have within us this drive 
to accomplish. We all have within us this desire to be successful. In fact, I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced that that's a desire that is not man-made. I believe that it's a desire that is hardwired within each one of us and that it's placed there by our Creator. We want to we want to live a life that matters. We, we want to do something that, that counts. We understand that life is not meant simply to be endured, that life is, is meant to be enjoyed, it's meant to be experienced, and, and life is meant to be accomplished, that God's not called us to survive. He's actually called us even beyond success. He's called us to a life of significance. But oftentimes, knowing that that's where we're supposed to be, knowing that 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 is the path that God has for us, we're not sure how to get there. Because it's, it's so easy in the myriad of voices that are speaking into our moment, in, in, in all of the ideas that are being pushed our way, it's so easy to get, to get lost in this sea of communication and in this overwhelming amount of information. And yet, here's what I'm convinced of. I'm convinced of the simplicity that God has called us to in a life of tremendous complexity. Bottom line, friends, I don't think it's that hard. Here's here's life as God intends it. Love God. Love God. Every relationship that we have is founded upon that principle of loving God because your vertical relationship will determine the strength of your vertical relationship and the depth of your vertical relationship will determine the strength and the depth of your horizontal relationships. And so, it all starts with that loving God. Jesus, when He was asked, what's the most important commandment? He said, it's this, love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your soul, with everything that you have, love God. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love people, love the world. Love God, love people, love the world, that's it. Well, how do we do that? How do do we develop in that? Here at Calvary, we we talk about connect, grow, serve, go, worship, connect. We we need to be connected to God, understanding that His circle of relationship includes us, that His family includes us. And we need to be connected in right relationship with God, and we need to be connected in right relationship with one another. It's the reason why we often talk about connect here, why you're hearing a lot about connect groups and why you're being challenged to be engaged in a connect group. But it's, it's not just about being connected, it's also about growing. Interestingly enough, we tend to grow the best in groups. We tend to grow the best through relationship. And finding, finding an outlet to engage in, in kingdom life through serving and sharing in the world around us the reality of who God is. That's what, that's what life is meant to be. It, it, it's, what, it's what God has intended for us. And yet, we get so busy chasing after the things that don't really matter. In fact, from time to time, I'll make this comment that we get consumed 
buying things that we can't afford to impress people we really don't like. And it becomes so much of our world, doesn't it? And, and that's, that's why from time to time it's good to be reminded of the simplicity of God's plan in the midst of this complex world that we live in. And that's where, that's where Paul finds himself in Philippians chapter 3. In fact, I, I'm convinced of this, that if you want to read a great success story, if you want to read a great book on success, pick up your Bible and read through the Pauline epistles. Because you want to talk about somebody who accomplished it, the Apostle Paul accomplished it, right? And, and Philippians is, is really, it's, it's, it's a message of Paul's life. Philippians chapter 3 is really Paul's autobiography. And in the first 11 verses, he deals with his past. He, he talks about who he is. He talks about where he's come from. He's ta- he talks about the experiences that, he, that he's had. And then in verse number 12, he starts talking about the future. And then that's really what I want to focus on this morning. I want to focus on this issue of, of the future. And from that, we, we see this model for a life of significance. And Paul even encourages us to follow his examples. He says this in verse 17 of uh, Philippians chapter 3, join with others in following my example and take note of those who have lived according to the pattern we gave you. Well, what, what is the pattern? The, the pattern is found in this passage. He, he briefly explains four keys to living this all-in life or living a life that is significant. And, and the first, it starts with this, honest evaluation. Paul is honest about who he is. He's honest about his struggles. He's honest about his issues. He's honest about his faults. Notice in verse number 12, he says this, not that I have already obtained it or have already been made perfect. Paul recognizes that he does not have it all figured out. Even at this late stage in his earthly journey, he's clearly aware of his faults and failures, he's clearly aware of those areas in life where he hasn't mastered it. We find elsewhere in Scripture where the Apostle Paul makes this declaration. He says, Jesus Christ came to save sinners of whom I am chief. And there's a, there's a, there's a wonderful warmth in, in, in Paul's honesty when he says, listen guys, I want you to know this. I haven't figured it all out. I, I don't have it all together. Okay? I am not perfect. That is, that is refreshing, isn't it? It's refreshing to hear someone give honest assessment of who they are. Yeah, you know what? I, in a, in a, in a, in a generation of ego and bravado, there's something powerful about the simplicity of humility. And, that, and that's where we find ourselves with, with, with Paul. He faces his faults. And, and I, I'm, I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced that it's, it's healthy to do an honest evaluation. Now, now let's, 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 for a moment, let's, let's evaluate the, the Apostle Paul, right? He says, I don't claim that I have already succeeded or become perfect. So what, what, what has Paul accomplished? What has he done? Let's see. He wrote most of the New Testament. He single-handedly spread Christianity throughout the Roman Empire. Uh, he uh, made an incredible impact on the world. And yet, when we, find, we find ourselves with him here at the end of his life. He says, I don't have it all together. I have not arrived. I'm not perfect. I'm still growing. Here's, here's what I learned from this. Here, here's, here's, the, here's the Ed Garvin application point. 
that those who choose to live a life of significance, number one, they never coast. Number two, they recognize that there's always room for improvement. There's something wonderful that happens when we come to the realization that, God, there's still an area where you can work on in me. I mean, let me let you into a, a little window of, of Ed Garvin's world. I don't think there's ever a church service that I'm in that when the altar call is given, that I'm not strongly compelled to be at the altar. Because you know what I recognize? I recognize that, that I deal with these battles of temptation every day. I, I, I struggle with, with wanting people to, to see me. I, uh, I have to die to my flesh daily. The things that I want to do, I don't do, and the things that I don't want to do, I do. And, and I'm so grateful that he who has begun a good work in me will continue that work until its day of completion, until the day of Christ Jesus. Because friends, I'm a, I'm a huge work in progress. I, I think about 30 years of ministry, and I, I think about the, the opportunities that, that God has given. And I'm, I'm amazed by that. This past week, I... I I added another, another country to the countries that I've had the opportunity to, to share Christ in. And yet, I don't think I'm the best witness to my neighbor. I get, I get nervous and uneasy when the church promotes something like Friend Day. Because I wonder, what, will, will my neighbor think I'm too pushy? Or how will I be able to handle it, my, my sense of self-esteem, if my neighbor looks at me and says no? I, I'm… I'm sure I'm the only person in the room that struggles with this issue. Let, let, me, let me go on record as saying this, that, that I think it's important that we push past that. And I hope you join me this week in pushing past that and, and, and inviting your coworkers, your classmates, your neighbors, your friends, your enemies to join us here for Friend Day because I'm, I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced that God wants to use me and God wants to use you to change the, the trajectory of someone's eternity. But I will tell you, in my, in my humanity, I, I still struggle with those things. And a lot of it is for me, just because of my growing up, there are some, just some, some, some natural byproducts of the challenges that I faced in my childhood and during my teen years that, that kind of 
feed into those issues of, 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 of feeling in, in, inadequate or being convinced that people are naturally not going to like me. And, and so, I, I, I recognize and I, I, I embrace my humanity. And, and, and here's what I, I, I find great comfort in this. Here, here's, what, here's what Proverbs 28 says. It says this, that you will never succeed in life if you try to hide your sins. Confess them and give them up. And, and when you do, God will show mercy to you. See, folks who, who live lives of success, folks who engage in a significant journey are those who are honest about their faults. Transparency is a mark of emotional maturity. Let me say that again. Transparency is a mark of emotional maturity. And, and that's the, the, the beauty in Paul's statement. He says, not that I've already obtained it, I've already been made perfect. So here's the question that I have for you today. Where do you need to change? It's a question I, I challenge you to ask yourself this morning. Where do I need to change? God, even in this moment right now, as, as we're gathered together in your house, as we're gathered together in your presence, as we're gathered together in your name, God, would you just reveal to me right now, help me to see, oh God, strip away the confusion and the clutter, and God, help me to step beyond conceit to honest connection with you and reveal to me, God, right now at Calvary, the areas in my life where I need to change. Because it's when we honestly embrace those issues that we're able to move into greater experience. We're able to move into greater success. We're able to see greater significance in our life journey. Paul says, not that I've already obtained it or have already been made perfect. But this one thing I do, and in fact, I, I've, got, I've, got, I've got four thoughts for you this morning, but if I could only share one with you, it would be this one. And I believe this. I believe what Paul says here is powerful. This one thing I do, letting go or forgetting my past I'm around so many people who are consistently and completely manipulated by their memories. Is that true for you today? Do you find yourself consistently manipulated by your memories? Maybe for you it's, it's past successes. And you live your life in the shadow of former victories. You, you find yourself regularly talking about those moments from long ago. It would be easy for Paul to get caught up in his past victories and his past successes because Paul's got a long list of accomplishments that are great. It would also be easy for Paul to be haunted by his past failures. He was a passionate persecutor of the church. He was there and gave approval to the, to, to the stoning death of Stephen, who was a good man, an honorable man. It would be so easy for Paul to live a life convinced that he had nothing to offer the kingdom because of all the damage that he had done in his early days. I regularly, I regularly 
find ourselves in conversations with good church folks who are convinced that God can never use them, that they can never step out of the shadows into significance because of some past faults and past failures. They come into church and they have the that D word attached to their name that for, all, for far too long was totally taboo to even mention in the church. They've been divorced once, twice, three times. Well, sorry, you can't serve, they've been told. Sorry, you can't be involved in groups, they've heard. We've allowed our failures to define us. We've allowed those difficulties to be our moniker. Or we can never get beyond and never outlive those past victories. And we buy into the lie that our best days are behind us, and that all that is left now is to reminisce. So I want to ask you the question again. (laughs) How are you today being manipulated by your memories? God brought you here this morning to have the words of Paul echo in the recesses of your heart and your mind. Not that I have already obtained it or I've already been made perfect. But this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind or letting go of the past, Today is the day, this is the moment, this is the time for you to finally and completely do that. To let go of your past failures, let go of your past success. The problem with success is that it it tends to make us complacent and fill us with pride. The problem with failure is that it, it tends to paralyze us and, and manipulate us. Nothing, nothing is too big or too bad for God. So, let me give you another question today. What memory do you need to let go of? Because here's my prayer for you today. My prayer for you today is that, is that God in the coming hours and the coming days, that He will give you new stories to tell. Make no mistake, friend, if you have a pulse, there are still new stories to tell. There are still new mountains to climb. There are still new victories to experience. 
Because if that were not the case, God would have already called you heavenward. Because understand this, all things work together for good for those that love God or are called according to His purpose. And God has a plan for you. And because God's ultimate plan is for you to be heavenward with Him, if He still has you here, He has you here for a reason. And what that means is this. It means that there are new stories and new victories that are to be written in your life, in your day, in your journey. Amen. That's what Paul, that's what Paul recognized, right? But it's not enough. Listen, it's not enough to forget the past. Because honestly, if all you do is forget the past, you don't have vision, you have, you have amnesia. Here's, here's, the, here's, the, here's the key, right? He said this, this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining. I love that idea. Straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal. He's reaching for it. He's talking about focusing not on what is behind, but focusing on what is in front. It echoes what he says in 1 Corinthians 9 when he says this, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way as to receive the prize. What was Paul's goal? He said it in 2 Corinthians 5, he says this, so we make our goal to please Jesus. There is no more rewarding goal in life than to please God. And Paul wanted to be able to stand at the end of his life and hear Jesus say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You are faithful in a few things. Come, enter into my joy. Let me ask you a question today. What is it that you're straining for? What is it that you're reaching for? What is that goal that's in front of you that is driving you each day? Here's what I'm confident of. There are some of us that are here this morning and we've got goals that are inconsistent with God's plan. And God brought you here today to recalibrate. And there are some of us that we've come in here today and honestly, our life is absent of a goal. And God has brought you into his house today to tell you that there's purpose for your existence. And God has a wonderful destiny for you. And his plan for you, friend, is not simply to endure until he comes, but it's to be that salt of the earth, that light of the world. Salt, value, light, influence. And God wants you to be value and influence in your community. God wants you to be value and influence in your home. God wants you to be value and influence in your school. God wants you to be value and influence in your workplace. God wants you to be a world changer. That only happens when we let go of the past and we strain. We reach. There's an intentionality in this life that God has called us. And then he says this. I press on, straining toward the mark. I press on to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I, I, I encourage you to feel the intensity of what Paul says here, the determination. Press on. In the Greek, it literally means I overextend myself. I go for it with all I've got. I throw myself into it, straining with every nerve, every ounce, every muscle to reach the prize. It's a statement of intensity. Maximum effort, no gain without pain. 
Here's what Paul said in Acts chapter 20. He says, I, but I reckon my own life to be worth nothing to me in order that I may complete my mission and finish the work the Lord Jesus gave me to do, which is declare the good news of the grace of God. That, that, that's Paul's life verse. And he said this, he says, I'm, I'm not gonna stop. I'm not gonna give up. I'm not gonna quit. The last words of Paul are in the last book that he wrote, which is 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And this is what he said. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord himself will award to me on that day. Well, so how do we do it? How do, how do we live this life of significance? How do, how do we… How do we do honest evaluation, admitting where we're at? How do we let go of, of our past successes and past failures and stop being manipulated by our memories? How, how do we bring focus and determination into our life? Here's what, here's what Paul says. He says, all of us who are mature should take such a view of things. See, we're going to… We're going we're gonna to face our faults. We're going we're gonna to focus on the future. We're going we're gonna to forget the past, right? And, and we're going we're gonna to press on. We're going to fight to the finish. And he says, all of us who are mature will act this way. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, don't become complacent. Don't, don't become satisfied. He then goes on to say this. He says, and, it, and if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. You know what I love about that? Here's what he's saying. Say, listen, be teachable. Be teachable. And then the last statement that he makes here in Philippians chapter 3, he says this. Only live up or let us live up to what we've already attained. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has, take, has taken hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to take hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.